0: Welcome, everyone, to the Grind Podcast. Nipsey Hustle is going to bring us in just a little bit with grinding all my life. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, paid the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice, that's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life. Yeah. It's time to hit this rail we call life and grind it. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Yeah. Got to roll the dice, that's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life. Welcome to the Grind it Podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining me today. We're going to be taking a look at Acts chapter 11. But before we get into Acts chapter 11, I just want to recap what has gone on up until this point. You know, Jesus had been rejected by the Jews. He has been rejected by the very people that were looking for him, the religious leaders who should have been telling others about the Messiah. Maybe they were. But they rejected the very Messiah that they were looking for and they nailed him to the cross. They put him in a tomb and on the third day he came out of that tomb victorious and he hangs out with his disciples and other people see him for about 40 days. And then he's going to ascend into heaven and before he ascends he had told his disciples he said you wait for the promise of the father. And we read about that in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit, when Jesus ascended uh, up to heaven, he sits down at the Father's right hand, as Peter says in his sermon in Acts chapter 2. He is in a position of all power and authority. And when he sits down at the Father's right hand, the Father then sends down the Holy Spirit, just as Jesus had told them that the Father would do in John chapter 14. And the Holy Spirit lands upon these apostles like tongues of fire, and they begin to speak in other tongues, and the people hear the commotion on the outside and they think these men are drunk. And so Peter stands up and he begins his sermon and he says, no, these, these guys aren't drunk. This is what's going on. And, and the prophet Joel had prophesied about this and they would have been familiar with the scriptures being Jews and studying the Old Testament scriptures that we can even read to this day. And and they were they were pricked in their heart. They were convicted of their sin because Peter had told them that you have crucified the very Messiah that you were looking for. And and so when they were uh, convicted in their heart, they asked the question, men and brethren, what do we do to have to be saved? And how can we right or wrong is what they're saying. And and, and Peter tells them what they need to do to be saved. And Luke tells us that about 3,000 people were added uh, to the church that day. They they heard the message of the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And they were obedient to the message. And the church, if you will, the kingdom of God on earth was was born it has started and 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 so in acts chapter 4 then uh these apostles are out there they're preaching jesus they're working these miracles and 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 peter and john heal the 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 lame man at the gate called beautiful and and it just stirs up a a big old crowd and these people are hearing about jesus and they want to give their lives to jesus and the religious leaders they're they're, again they're they're jealous of what's going on and so they talk to peter and john they tell them not to preach or teach in the name of jesus but Peter and John, they, they they go right back into the temple and they, they do what they do. And they're preaching and teaching about Jesus. They're doing these miracles. And, but this time, uh, the religious leaders are going to uh, get them and the Sanhedrin is going to convict them and, and they're going to be flogged. And so you can see the persecution begin to, to get amped up a little bit. And then the, uh, the next thing you know, in Acts chapter 8, we have the stoning of Stephen who was out there preaching Jesus. He's brought before the Sanhedrin these religious leaders who have already rejected Jesus. They've already rejected the apostles. And now you've got a common man like you and me, uh, Stephen, who's out there preaching Jesus and working miracles. And and, and so he tries to tell them th- about Jesus. And they just stop up their ears and, and, and they gnash their teeth and they just run at Stephen And they grab him and they drag him outside of the city. And then they begin to stone him. And there was a guy there, a Pharisee by the name of Saul, who was at the stoning. And he agreed completely with the stoning. And it was this guy, Saul, in Acts chapter 9 that we read about, who was on his way to Damascus. He had already been going through Jerusalem, going from house to house. And he's grabbing men and women and he's wreaking havoc havoc in these Jesus followers homes he doesn't care that he's busting up families he just wants to get rid of these Christians and he's putting them in prison and who knows what's happening to them many of them may be even losing their lives uh, and, and so in Acts chapter 9 he's on his way to Damascus to, to even persecute christians there and he's going to go to their home but on his way to damascus in acts chapter 9 we read of his conversion story of of what happened to him when jesus shows up and knocks him off his horse and his light shining around him jesus is talking to him and, and and he's having this conversation with jesus and so he literally meets jesus for himself and jesus changes this man's life this man who was persecuting these Jesus followers is now the one being persecuted because he now too is a Jesus follower and he and, and instead of going into Damascus he 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 goes to Ananias house just like Jesus had told him to do and he's baptized and his, his he was blinded for for a few days and now his eyes are open he can now see and he eats and he drinks and he gets his strength back from from not eating anything for 3 days and he begins to preach about Jesus and he is going to be chased around Jerusalem and they the people the Jews uh, want to kill him and so the, the the Jesus followers there help him escape they throw him you know not throw him over the wall but they put him over the wall and they lower him down and, and they tell him to go home and he takes off for Tarsus and that'll come back into play here in Acts chapter 11 and then in Acts chapter 10 that we just finished uh, going through in the Uh, Past few podcasts is the story of Cornelius and how uh, the Gentiles are now welcomed into the church because uh, Cornelius sees an angel and the angel has a conversation with him and the angel tells Cornelius to send men to Joppa for this guy named Peter and he's going to tell you what you need to do to be saved and Cornelius was a Gentile he was uh, an arm uh, he was a, a officer in the the Roman army. Uh, But he was a God-fearer. Even though he was a Gentile, he served the God of the Jews. And he gave to the poor, which just tells you, Luke tells us, the heart of Cornelius. And so uh, God is going to use Cornelius to show these Jews that the Gentiles are now welcomed into the church. And so uh, the, the angel leads Cornelius. He sends men to Joppa to get this man named Peter that the angel was talking about. And so while these men are traveling to uh, from Caesarea to Joppa to get Peter, an angel, uh, God shows up to Peter in a vision and lowers down this sheet. It's got all these unclean animals in it. And God says, Peter, rise up, kill and eat. And Peter says, uh-uh, I ain't doing that, God. Nope, no way because you gave us these laws and you said that these animals are unclean and we're not to touch them, we're not to eat them. And so I'm not doing that. And this happened three different times. And each time that it happened, God said, Peter... You don't call unclean what I now call clean, and so the vision goes away. And Peter's thinking, "What in the world just happened? What is God talking about?" And and so, uh, and when this vision uh, leaves Peter, and he's thinking, "What's going on here?" There's basically a knock at the door, and it's these guys from uh, from Caesarea, from the house of Cornelius, and they're, they 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 want to meet Peter and they want to talk to him, and they say, "Hey, dude, we got a message." Uh, for you, from an angel, we were sent here by Cornelius. You're to come to uh, Cornelius's house with us, and you're supposed to give us a message from God. And we want to hear what you have to say. And so, as they're traveling back to Caesarea to Cornelius's house, Cornelius is going around and he's gathering his friends and he's gathering his family, and he brings them to his house. And when Peter arrives, Cornelius says, "Hey." this is what happened, I had this uh, angel show up and tell me to send for you, it's good that you've come, Uh, and Peter says, yeah, I had this vision from God, and I couldn't figure out what was going on, but now I know what he meant by it, because he's telling me, a Jew, a, a follower of Jesus, that now the Gentiles can also be saved. And so Peter begins to tell them about Jesus and how he died on the cross and he was buried for three days and he was resurrected on the third day and how he ascended back to the Father. And before Peter could get finished with his sermon or his message to these Gentiles that are in this room listening, the Holy Spirit falls on these Gentiles and they begin to speak with in tongues just like... Uh, the peter and the other apostles did in acts chapter 2 and peter says well I, i i recognize this i know what's going on and so peter tells the jews that had come with him he says what's keeping us from baptizing these gentiles he said i'm not standing in god's way and so they baptize these gentiles these gentiles are filled with the holy spirit And you would think now that that, the the, the Jesus followers would be excited about this, this, that, that the Gentiles are now welcomed into the fold. But it doesn't happen that way. And here's how Acts chapter 11 starts off. It says, Soon the news reached the apostles and other believers in Judea that the Gentiles had received the word of God. They should be excited about that, man. But when Peter arrived back in Jerusalem the Jewish believers criticized him. You entered the home of Gentiles and even ate with them, they said. And then Peter told them exactly what had happened. Now, we covered racism in Acts chapter 10 a little bit. But racism is nothing new. It's been around for a very long time. And between there is some very bad racism going on between the jews and the gentiles the jews hey we're god's chosen and the gent if you're not a jew you're a gentile and you're not god's chosen and so they they had it kind of had a chip on their shoulder toward the gentiles they thought they were better than the gentiles and and if if you think about it if you go back to the bible days and you put yourself in the place of the jews think about this you know Judaism was the religion of the day and it's been around for a very long time. And Jesus has come along and he's changed all of that. Ju- Judaism is is it, it's not really a dead religion, but it, it's kind of null and, and 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 no more because Jesus is now the way to God. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father. But by me, Jesus says. So Judaism, it was the religion of the day. It had been the religion for a very long time, hundreds of years, but no more because Jesus changed all that. And then you think about the Jews, you know, they were God's chosen people all through the Old Testament. That That's the history of the, the, the Jews, the Hebrews. And God specifically chose them to usher the Messiah into the world. And so... Jesus comes along and says, hey, I've got sheep in this fold that that are not here yet, but they're going to be at some point in time welcomed into the fold. That's uh, in John chapter 10 when he's talking about being the good shepherd. So Jesus comes along and says, oh, you're God's chosen people? We're changing all that. And think about this. They're used to meeting in synagogues and and they're used to going through these religious rituals. But Jesus comes along and, and he changes all that. They've been taught a certain way. And, and you know, yes, uh, God has some rules. If you you know People don't like to read the Bible because they say it's just a book of rules. But really the Bible is a love story of, of God's love for us and how uh, man was fallen because of sin. And Jesus comes along, God's son, and he redeems man by dying on the cross and shedding his innocent blood he never done anything wrong and so he pays the price for our sin and gives us the opportunity to be saved so that we can be made right with god by the blood of jesus christ so the bible is not a bunch of rules even though it does have rules in it and how we should live as a as a christ follower but the bible is more than a love story but as a Jew, and in Judaism, is, you think of, because uh, Paul even says, hey, when I was a Pharisee, I was zealous for the law. Man, I, I wanted to do what was right according to the law. I wanted to please God by trying to do exactly what God wanted me to do. And, 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 and so Jesus comes along. And they've been taught this certain way for hundreds of years. And Jesus says stuff like, he says, you've heard it said this, but I'm telling you this. You've heard it said this but i'm telling you that and so jesus changed a lot of stuff for the jews and so you know i can kind of see where they're coming from because all of this stuff is new they've been taught a certain way and if you know anybody who has been taught something and to do something or not do something for a very long time and you come along with and you try to say hey don't have to worry about that no more do do it like this they're going to have a hard time letting go of the ways they've been taught in the past and coming along with this new teaching because that's just the way it is. That's the way they've been taught. And so old habits are hard to break. And Jesus comes along and says, man, I, I, I've changed all of that. And so, uh, Peter, it's no wonder that the Jews back in Jerusalem are having an issue with Peter going to the house of a Gentile and eating with these Gentile people. And and now not only did he eat with them, but he has shared the gospel with them. And they've been filled with the Holy Spirit and they've been baptized for the remission of their sins. And, and Peter says, hey, who am I to stop? The will of god i'm not going to stand in god's way i'm going to do what god wants me to do and and here's what they say it says uh the peter says look i started preaching to him and when i began to speak the holy spirit fell on him just like he fell on us at the beginning and i thought uh, of the lord's words when he said john baptized with water but you'll be baptized with the holy spirit and since god gave these gentiles the same gift that he gave us when we believed in the lord jesus who was I standing in God's way? And it says in verse 18, when the others heard this, they stopped objecting and began praising God. And they said, we can see that God has also given the Gentiles the privilege of repenting of their sins and receiving eternal life. You see, the, Jews, the Jewish believers did the right thing. Unlike the religious leaders who continue to reject Jesus, here's an opportunity for the Jewish believers. They didn't like it at first because these Gentiles were being accepted by God. Peter saying, look, God, we can't be selfish with Jesus. God has shown me that the, 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 the Gentiles who were once unclean are now clean by the blood of Jesus and God is accepting them into his church, into uh, this body of believers, and who am I to stand in God's way? And the Holy Spirit fell on them just like it did with us. And so there's all the proof that we need. and, and so the Jewish believer says, yes, we absolutely agree with you, Peter. We're going to be accepting to these uh, Gentile believers, but the problem is they, 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 this hatred between the Jews and the Gentiles have gone, it's so deep and it's gone on for so long. There's going to be problems, even with the Christian people. People who have been baptized for the remission of their sins, been filled with the Holy Spirit. They're going to have issues later on down the road. Even between the apostles, those who are, have seen Jesus face-to-face, had conversations with Jesus, loved Jesus dearly, they too are going to have issues between these Jews and The Gentiles. I mean, that 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 hatred and that, if you want to call it racism, racism, it goes really deep, even amongst the Christian people. But it was an issue that they dealt with because God says you're now one. But with the Jews and the Gentiles, there are no more Jew and Gentile. He says, Paul says in Galatians chapter three we are one in christ jesus so learn to get along which is a great message for us in america today we got to learn to get along no matter what color skin we are black white yellow red what nationality we are where we come from it does not matter the blood of jesus christ washes away our sins if we made jesus christ our lord and savior we are one in christ jesus and we have to be unified and we have to get along And we'll talk more about Acts chapter 11 when we come back from break. This is Ryan Kirst. I'm the student pastor at Partnership Christian Church, and I want to invite you and your family to worship with us this coming Sunday. Check us out on Facebook or YouTube for service times and directions. Thanks for listening to the Grind It Podcast. Keep grinding. So we come to the second half of Acts chapter 11. And, and what is going on here in, in this part of, uh, of Acts chapter 11 is Luke, is he's been looking through a magnifying glass, if you will, at the church. And he is focused on, with this magnifying glass, the persecution of the church and how Saul had wreaked havoc in Christians' lives and the conversion of Saul and how Saul met Jesus and how Jesus changed his life. And then he put the magnifying glass on Cornelius and Peter and how now the Gentiles are welcomed into the church. And in the second half of Acts chapter 11, he's going to take that magnifying glass away and he's going to give this overview if you will of what is going on with the church because of persecution and and so he says in verses 19 through 26 he says meanwhile the believers who have been scattered during the persecution after stephen's death has traveled as far as phoenicia cyprus and antioch assyria he says they preached the word of god but only to the jews However, some of the believers who went to Antioch from Cyprus and Cyrene began preaching to the Gentiles about the Lord Jesus and the power of the Lord was with them and a large number of these Gentiles believed and turned to the Lord. And when the church at Jerusalem heard what had happened, they sent Barnabas to Antioch and when he arrived and he saw the evidence of God's blessings, he was filled with joy and he encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and strong in the faith. And many people were brought to the Lord. And then Barnabas went on to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him back to Antioch. And both of them stayed there with the church for a full year, teaching large crowds of people. And then he says in parentheses, Luke says, It was at Antioch that the believers, those people who followed Jesus, they were first called Christians. So basically, what happens is, Persecution comes because the church is hanging out in Jerusalem. They're comfortable there. Just like Jesus said before he ascended into heaven in Acts chapter 1, he told the disciples, He says, You're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then to the rest of the world. And so they've been hanging out in Jerusalem. Persecution comes, and because of this persecution, they begin to scatter. And that's why Luke had focused on Philip going down to Samaria and bringing joy to Samaria because he preached Jesus and, and, and worked miracles to back up his story of the message, of the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And men and women were baptized for the remission of their sins. And, and Luke says that great joy had come to that city. And so now we see it going to the Samaritans. And, and then you see Peter in Acts 10 talking to, the, to Cornelius and these Gentiles and the Holy Spirit following on these Gentiles. And so now the Gentiles are welcomed into the church. And so th- what, because of persecution, what happens is th- these Christ followers, they, they basically go down the coastline of the Mediterranean Sea and they are preaching Jesus. But Luke points something out to us here in, in, these, in these verses. He says they're preaching to the Jews. As they go along these coastal towns, they are preaching Jesus, but they're preaching Jesus to the Jews. He's pointed out already that uh, the Gentiles are welcomed into the church, but I'm telling you that, that hatred for the, 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 between the Jews and the Gentiles is deep, very deep. It's gone on for a long time, just like racism in our country and how it's dividing our country, uh, between the blacks and the whites right now because it, it, it's very deep and we're not too far removed uh, from slavery and it, it's a huge issue uh, and, and racism between with black people and with white people. It, it, it's a very, very deep, deep subject and I'm telling you, the only answer, the real answer is Jesus Christ because we are one in Jesus. But even though the people had jesus even though these jewish christians are traveling around because of persecution they're full of the holy spirit and they're going from city to city around that the mediterranean sea that coastline even though they love jesus they're still only preaching to the jews they're leaving the gentiles out and what happens is they go to the island of cyprus and i I don't know what happened on cyprus but they from Cyprus they decided to go to Antioch and for some reason they decided they're going to preach to the gentile people and when they decided they're going to preach to the gentiles as well the they just their their minds are blown because the Gentiles are listening to the message. They're accepting the message of death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. They're being obedient to the message of, of, of the gospel and they're and they're being baptized for the remission of their sins. And the next thing you know. This thing is getting out of hand. It's getting so big. These these believers are growing in number. Word is getting back to uh, Jerusalem. The apostles are wanting to know what in the world is going on in, in Antioch. So they send Barnabas down, and that is when uh, we're introduced to this man, Barnabas. And he had uh, three great characteristics that any man or woman would love to be uh, would love to have. They would love anybody to say this about them because it says Barnabas was a good man full of the holy spirit and strong in the faith and actually we learn from acts chapter 4 cuz that's when we're introduced to Barnabas that uh, his name is uh, that his name is actually Joseph and his nickname is Barnabas which means the son of encouragement and, and so his his glass was always full and he was uh, he was full of joy when he arrived uh, there and, and he's from Cyprus, by the way, so he knows the area very well, and so he probably knew a lot of people in the area, and and so the decide the the apostles send him from Jerusalem down to Antioch Assyria Syria to see what's going on, and when he arrives, it says uh, he, that he was full of great joy, and he encouraged the the brothers and sisters, the new brothers and sisters in Christ there, to continue to follow the Lord, but he sees how hungry the people are for the gospel there and so he, he's excited about it and he says man we, we need some help and he remembers and if you remember when I started this podcast uh, that Saul had been a, a new convert he, he was persecuting Christians but now he is the one being persecuted because he is a Christian and they had sent him home to Tarsus and Tarsus is not very far from Antioch of Syria so while Barnabas is there he has an idea he's going to go into Tarsus and he's going to get Saul and he's going to bring Saul with him back to uh, Antioch of Syria and they're going to stay there for a year and they're going to teach these people about Jesus and how to live the Christian life and how God wants them to live to be pleasing in his sight and matter of fact the reason why they left was because Uh, Agabus was a a prophet and he had been traveling through the area telling these Christian people that there's a famine coming and they better be prepared for it. And so the the Gentile Christians there in Antioch go around and they raise some money and they give it to Paul and Barnabas and tell them to go back to Jerusalem and take it to uh, the apostles there so that they can distribute uh, this money whenever there's a need because of this famine. But I want to uh, hang out on something just for a second. Uh, that Luke said in that in that passage that I just read, he said that it was in Antioch that those who followed Jesus were first called Christians, and. The root word of uh, in the Greek is Christianos, but the root word is Christos, meaning the anointed one. It's borrowed from uh, the Greek Septuagint. Uh, uh, the Greek Septuagint borrows it from the Hebrew, uh, from the word Messiah, which means anointed one. And so a Christian is basically somebody who is attached or adhered to the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one. We follow Christ jesus because he is the messiah we are a christ follower that's it that's just in in simple plain terminology. As i can give it to you is what the word christian is we are christ-like because we have made christ our lord and savior and so uh it 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 goes back actually to slavery uh there, there there was a lot of slavery in the bible In fact, in Romans chapter one verse one, Paul, and he says it in other letters, but he says this: He says this letter is from Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to preach his good news. And the the word for slave there is doulos, and, and it means exactly what Paul says it means: a slave, because a slave was a person who lost their will. They had a master and they had to do the will of the master. And when we come to Jesus Christ and we we make Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior then we are saying, you are our master. We are no longer going to live our will and do our thing. We're going to live for you and do your thing. We're going to do what you tell us to do. And that's why it's so important that we read God's word. That We we get in God's word to, to not to follow a bunch of rules, but to learn about his love, about his grace and his mercy and his compassion. Because the Bible is not a rule book. It's a love story about how man had fallen and they rejected god and god says you know what i still love you and so i'm going to make a way for you to be redeemed so that you can have a relationship with me i'm going to give you my son and he's going to pay the price for your sin and you can either choose to accept that penalty that price uh for the penalty of your sin or you can reject the 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 price that my son is going to pay for your sins And, and it's still the same thing today just like it was back in Acts chapter 11. The Jews are going around and the Jewish believers are preaching Jesus and they're giving the message of the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ to the Jews and to the Gentiles. And yes, there was a lot of people, the the church in Antioch just about outgrew or was just as big as the church in Jerusalem. But uh, there were, a, There's no telling how many people they preached to that rejected the message. It's no different today. Uh, but, but, and I know slavery is a touchy subject in our country right now, as I, as I mentioned a while ago. But the bottom line is that Jesus Christ is our master. And we read God's word so we can learn how God wants us to live to be pleasing to him. And, and, and we're saying, God, I don't want my will to be done. I want your will to be done in my life. And so we are putting aside our needs and our selfish wants for God's. And we're saying, God, you are our master. And that's, that, that's one of the biggest reasons today that why people continue to reject God, they don't want to hear about Jesus. They don't want to hear what Jesus has done for them on the cross. They don't care about the resurrection. They don't care about the Holy Spirit because they want to do their own thing. They don't want to be told how to live. They don't want to be told what to do. They they want to do what they want to do. But see, the problem is with that is there's a price to pay because if we continue to reject the message of the gospel and what Jesus has done for us, then we're not going to be filled with His Holy Spirit And we're going to be rejected by God. If we take our last breath on this earth and our heart beats for the last time and we continue to reject the message of the gospel and never accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, then we're our own master and we're going to pay the price for that. Even though we will have to stand before God someday and and, and proclaim Him as Lord, He's not going to be our Savior because it's too late. He's going to reject us. He said, I never had a relationship with you. I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I don't I don't know you. I don't have a relationship with you. Because you rejected me far too many times. And you died that way. But those who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, we have saying we're saying, God, not my will be done, but your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we take our last breath, we're going to be in eternity with God forever. We're going to be thanking Jesus for what he has done for us on Calvary's cross and the shedding of his blood, paying the price for our sin forever. Because we said, God, I don't want to do my will. I want to do your will. And here's the thing about it. People who follow Jesus, you know, people who don't follow Jesus, look at people who follow Jesus as hypocrites. Because, you know, sometimes there was a song by DC taught, what if I stumble, what if I fall? What if I make fools of us all? You know, even if people who follow Jesus, who love Jesus, we make mistakes. We 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 sometimes the flesh takes over and, we, and 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 we sin. We go against what God wants us to do. But see, here's the difference between a person who follows Jesus and a person who don't follow Jesus. We're forgiven. The blood of Jesus Christ continually washes away our sin because we can repent of that sin and we turn away from it and we say God please forgive us and he does and we and we pick back ourselves back up and God helps us get back up and we keep walking for him. But a person who just continually disgraces God and doesn't live for God and just lives a life full of sin and does their own thing there's a, there's an ultimate price that they will pay and that is called a place called hell where they are you know, don't don't worry about if it's a place of flames or not i mean what the worst part about hell is not the flames it's going to be that you you rejected god your whole life and you died that way and you are never going to have an opportunity to to be with god for forever for eternity and eternity you you you're going to be you you're going to just keep replaying that over and over again the many times that you rejected jesus so that's what a christian is they are literally a slave for jesus christ they are a slave for god they have put aside their will and they have taken on their masters will they, they have taken on god's will no longer my will lord but your will be done paul says it like this uh in first in corinthians six nineteen through 20 he's he's talking to the church at corinth and he's telling them to flee from sexual sin And he says, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price. He bought you with his son, the death of his son. So you must honor God with your body. In Galatians 2.20, Paul says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I, I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God, who loved me and He gave Himself for me. And then in Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Don't do your own thing, but do God's thing. Because all He has done for you, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that He will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. Don't be worldly. You, God called you out of the darkness. He's called you out of the world and He's called you into His kingdom of light. So don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. That's why we read the Bible because we want God's Word, the power of the Holy Spirit through His Word, to change the way we think, to transform us into this new person that Paul's talking about here. And when we change the way we think, God transforms us into a new person, and we will live for Him, and we will be pleasing and perfect before Him. I want to end this podcast by asking you Are you going to listen to the voice of God? Or are you going to continue to reject? god he wants to save you he he has paid the price for your sin by giving his son jesus to die on a cross and he was buried for three days and he was resurrected and he came out victorious over death hell and the grave are you going to continue to walk your own footsteps and do your own thing and make a mess of your life or are you going to Listen to the voice of God. He's calling you by name. And he's saying, come unto me, all you who labor, and I will give you rest. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. I'm knocking at the door. Answer the door. Accept me as your Lord and Savior. Put your will aside and I will give you a new purpose. I will give your life a new meaning, a new direction. Walk with me. Be baptized for the remission of your sins, and I'll fill you with the Holy Spirit, and He will be your God. Will you accept that message today? Will you be obedient? Just like these Jews and these Gentiles were as they traveled around the coastline of the Mediterranean Sea preaching Jesus. There were people who rejected the message, there were people who accepted the message. What are you going to do with the message? It's your choice heaven or hell. It's your choice. God doesn't send anybody to heaven or hell. You choose to go there. You can choose to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or you can continue to reject Him. It's your choice. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Grind It Podcast today. You can send any questions or comments to grinditpodcast at gmail.com. Please join us next time and when a challenge comes your way, just all grind life, it. And grind it all my life. Sacrifice. Hustle pay the price. Want a slice? Got to roll the dice. this why. All my life, I've been grinding. All my life. Look. All my life, been grinding. All my-